of the Cock and Bull Podcast, a weekly comedy and history podcast featuring me, Spencer Faust, and ah. Good. Oh, we we jumped on it. We weren't. We haven't really perfected this. Uh, this little like handoff thing. I didn't know what we were doing. I was ready to jump in. If you hadn't done the end, we'd have been great. That's Nathan Faust. He's going to be my Hi. co-host on this adventure of comedy and history. Nathan, in 1863, uh-huh. in Glasgow, Scotland. Oh, so we've moved from Ireland to Scotland. We're 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 jumping all around the United Kingdom. The Sea King was built. Pardon? I'm taking all bets. Is that a boat or a Gundam? <laughs> Is that a boat, a Gundam, or some weird, weird <laughs> mythological being that I didn't know about? It's just, it's just is that a new Mark character that I didn't know about? Like they're trying to, they're they're coming up with new ones now. It's Sea King. It's a big Wait a fat minute, that, fish boy with a crown. Is it Sea King? Is it Sea King a Pokemon? Uh, yes, Sea King is a Pokemon. Is the, yeah. Isn't that the evolved Goldeen? It is. Oh, oh. fucking oh. hell! Uh, listen, fucking hell. It always comes back to Pokemon. Sea it King, really, no, everything does. Sea King was a fully rigged sailing ship in a British merchant vessel built by Alexander Stephen and Sons for the purpose of trade missions to East Asia. Oh, so this is, okay, so this is a garbage boat for garbage people. Cool. Yes, uh, it's a garbage is, boat for garbage men. So cool. So it's not a Pokemon. It's not a Gundam. No, it's it's uh, it's a, a, a ship of the oppressors. Yay, let's go colonize. (laughs) A visiting U.S. representative assessed the ship for purchase when it was docked in London, uh, but it wasn't quite ready for purchase yet. The Sea King would take many a handful of voyages to the east before then, uh, this including a brief run transporting troops to New Zealand as part of the Maori War. Hey, hey, remember when I said bullshit about colonizing? Ha! You can basically throw a dart at anything the British did over the entire human history, and it was probably related to bullshit colonizing. Yeah, Sea King dipped its toes in a little bit of the colonial affairs. Um, But then the Civil War happened. The U.S. Civil War, that is. I was about to say, I was like, um, which one? Okay. The Confederate Navy's home away from home was Liverpool. Liverpool was... Really? Yeah, Liverpool was kind of, uh... Well, they were nice to the Confederates, even going so far as to sell them ammunition, uh, guns, ships. Seems like a far way away from Alabama. Kind of is, isn't it? Uh, and it was there that the Sea King was purchased for the Confederate Navy. Uh, and really, it does kind of make John sense that... John Lennon. It, it does make sense that England would be cool to the Confederacy, doesn't it? Because it's like, uh, they'd be all, they would be all for endeavors that are going to fuck up the uh, stability of, of North America, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean that you, you want to you separate that country that kicked our ass? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, kick their ass. Kick their Absolutely. ass. Makes sense. Hey, you all want to? You, you remember how you all kicked our ass? Cool. You want to kick each other's ass for a while? Go for it. Kick it. Kick some ass. <laughs> do, you want, do you want the gun to kick the ass? Please take them. Take them. It was also, there. Also, we are perfectly okay buying these goods that are made with slave labor, and we would like to keep buying them for cheap. Can you keep making them for cheap, please? <laughs> it was there that the Sea King was purchased for the Confederate Navy. Oh, uh, uh, good. Good. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Well, what good tr- does the Sea King do if you're fighting in the Civil War? Are you going to go like? Bomb New York or something? What the fuck are you doing here? Well, that's a good question. Uh, the transaction was done in secret. Wouldn't want Grant hearing that the Confederados just got themselves a boat. <laughs> got themselves a Sea King. Ooh. <laughs> I know, that's prestige. There's some, there's some fucking backing Grant, behind I'm sure that. Grant was at Gettysburg, Gettysburg shaking at the thought of a merchant vessel sailing up the Potomac. I don't <laughs> fucking know. What are they doing? This, this bitch ferried troops to New Zealand. I'm not fucking with that. I tell you. So it's uh, you asked the Sea King was intended to be kind of like a U-boat. They would they would go after merchant ships for the Union, try and destabilize the Union's economy. 
That was the idea. Now, now one of the one of the cool things about a U-boat was that you couldn't see them. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've described that the Sea King had a sweet submarine-style quality to it. It did but, not. Uh, I feel like not. you'd see that one. I feel like you'd see that one coming. Um, the Shenandoah, as it would be renamed, uh, would be captained by James Waddell. Oh, is he related to Rube Waddell? Not related to the pitcher. A Damn former it. a former U.S. naval officer that retired in January of 1862, uh, but he was only to enlist in the Confederate Navy by that March. So clearly so, his, uh, his mind was set somewhere. So a retired Navy commander, so he's old, he's white. Yeah, yeah, he joined the Confederacy. That, that checks out. That checks, checks out. out. Uh, there's not a tremendous amount to say about him, really, before the war. Uh, he was born in North Carolina, and he spent two decades fighting Mexico. That. On, yep, yep. <laughs> on military cool. payroll, I should specify. It wasn't like a personal dispute with Mexico. I don't That'd know if there's though. much of a difference at that point. Yeah, it's kind of fair. I feel like you just, like, if you kind of want to fight Mexico, it's just, like, well, I mean, I can go down there and just start punching people myself, <laughs> or I can get paid. Might as well get paid. If, if Red Dead Redemption taught me anything about the wild, wild west, all disputes with Mexico were very personal. Horse balls. Oh, uh, oh we, we learned two different things from Red Dead Redemption. We did okay, learn two very different things, but that's fine. There's a middle ground, I'm sure. Uh, I said he was an officer in the Navy, but he was a midshipman, which I believe is the lowest class of officer in the Navy. It could be. I could give less fucks about naval ranks than anyone in the world. So true. Perhaps he ended up in the same circles as the Sea King when he himself was sailing the Eastern Pacific Ocean in the late 1850s. Doing when the what? Civil War... Uh, well, that's a good... It's a good question. What actually. were we doing? What were we doing in the Pacific in the late 1850s? Uh, probably colonization shit. That sounds better. That makes more sense. All right, cool. Was cool. Probably cool. some Philippines shit. I don't know. Yeah, like, it sounds that, like the, a good place for us to be. Probably, probably sure. poking at Japan or something like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably, probably poking off the emperor. When the Civil War broke out, he jumped ship with the Union and headed to the uh, place that he'd be most welcome, which was a dumpster fire. I mean, Liverpool. So, <laughs> we are going hard on Liverpool right now. Shit. Listen, they were best friends with the Confederacy, like on a on a scummy that's a, mafia that's a level. Sol- that's a solid point, and their football team sucks. Go, all right, fuck off, Liverpool. <laughs> I, I can deal. So when this uh, purchase for the Confederacy was made, the Sea King went off business as usual. Uh, however, once it was away from port, another ship would swoop in with weapons and crew and Waddell. Uh, they jumped on the ship, they traded paperwork, got it all fitted for Confederate nonsense, and off they went, lowering the Union Jack flag, bringing up the, uh, one of the, apparently the Confederate flag had, like, four different prototypes before the yeah, one that they, we all know and love from could, bumper they stickers. Couldn't really, they couldn't really settle on a, on a solid one. There's a couple different variants of that, uh, that fun racist memento. And they actually made even more modifications to the ship, uh, choosing Pirate to... Pirate <laughs> Yes. Yes, uh... Hook hands, peg legs, choosing to move all of the weaponry, (laughs) hatred of alligators, choosing to move all the weaponry below deck, uh, ditching the Union Jack, painting the ship black. What? Huh? (laughs) What? Okay, it's the emo ship, guys. (laughs) What the fuck? What are you doing? It's a stealth ship, boys. And the article says all of these things and follows it with, quote, to make it look more like a merchant ship. Okay, alright, this is intriguing to me now. So you're telling me that back in the day, all merchant ships were like, just rolling black. Who has that much black paint and that much time? Like, why would you bother? Some Pirates of the Caribbean shit, some real black pearl stuff. Yeah, but I feel like that was even painted black. That was just like dark wood. 
that was actually, I believe the uh, the Black Pearl's backstory was it was it was scorched and torched, and and Jack Sparrow I, sold his soul I, to Davy Jones to get his ship back. Couldn't be bothered. Could not be bothered. Saw it like twenty years ago. Moving Pirates on. are cool. I'll just say that pirates I mean, are cool. Objectively, objectively, pirates are cool. The Shenandoah kicked off in October of 1864. Now, they set sail for the Cape of Good Hope in Australia, and on their way, captured six ships. Hold on Five. now, hold on now, hold on, hold on. Yeah, hold yeah, on. yeah, go for it. The yeah. Cape of Good Hope's in Australia? Yep. Okay. And on their way, they captured six ships. Five were scuttled or burned, and the sixth was ransomed and used as a POW ship to take troops back to Brazil? Yeah, see, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting things. Yeah, that's what I thought. The Cape of Good Hope's in South Africa. That makes more sense, honestly. Makes that, more doesn't sense. Doesn't it though? Because you said it, and you said Australia. You said it defiantly. Uh, and I, I didn't think, yeah, no, the Cape of Good Hope is absolutely 1,000% in South Africa. Um, and here I'm explain why Brazil is a, is a little bit easier jaunt. Um, and he, than, he, here I, I, I get that we were just talking about New Zealand, <laughs> but like, dear God, here I I'm know going we suck to at geography, but this has, this may have uh, this may have taken the cake for us guys. I, I'm going to make a a uh, prominent backspace stroke. And okay, good, good. <laughs> Five were scuttled or burnt, and the sixth was ransomed and used as a POW ship to, to take troops back to Brazil, uh, which they, they loaded those prisoners over to Brazil, and Brazil apparently just fucking let them go. I don't understand the logic there. It doesn't make much sense to me, but uh, <laughs> actually, no, hold on. Okay. No, Cape of Good Hope is in Australia. It is. Spencer? It is. I'm. I'm. I'm reading straight out of the article. I. I double checked myself. It's Cape of Good Hope, Australia. They sent all of those prisoners back to Brazil because I know this because then they continued Australia shit. They went to it's Melbourne. A, I, Spencer, I don't. I don't know how to break this to you. It's. It's. I don't think it is. It is. I know I, it is. I, Wikipedia Cape of Good Hope. The Cape of Good Hope, pronounced in Afrikaans, Capa de Gopa, is a rocky headland on the Atlantic coast of the Cape Peninsula in South Africa. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm a dummy. I'm a God dummy. damn it, we just established this. Oh, no, I'm a dummy. But they did go from the Cape of Good Hope to Australia. Okay, that would make Makes more sense. more sense. Makes more sense. So they take on 40 more crewmates when they hit Melbourne. Okay, so we're going from South Africa to Melbourne, and then to Brazil? Uh, no, it was, it was, they went from Cape of Good Hope, sent their prisoners to Brazil, then they went to Australia. This literally better be, like, the most important plot point of the entire episode, or we're gonna have a 20 Absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely nothing. God damn Nope, it. there will be no payoff for this confusion. <laughs> And <laughs> well, no, there will be payoff, and it's the fact that we will establish to the human beings that we are aware that the Cape of Good Hope is in Africa and not in Australia. So, so still being shorthanded, they they hit Melbourne. They took on forty crewmates who were criminal stowaways from Australia. Well, they're all criminals. That's a, that's their thing. That's kind of their thing. And I mean, it's cool. Like you know, you go from being a criminal in Australia and you get like a criminal promotion to being a pirate. That's like being a. Uh, international criminal 
So nearly 20 of them uh, would jump ship at the next town because shockingly, it's almost like you can't trust them. Yeah, no, if there's one thing I do know about pirates is you got to keep an eye on them because they will, Jay will jump. You will get hop-offs. You will get hop-offs. So Shenandoah uh, took only one prize in the Indian Ocean, uh, but hunting became more profitable. Why are, you, why are the Confederates fucking in the Indian Ocean? What the, You realize the war is not happening over there, dudes? They they get so disconnected from the Confederacy, and it kind of comes back later. But like, yeah, no, is, they're just kind of hanging around Australia, and they're like, "Fuck, raiding ships is kind of boring." Uh, what do you want to like do? This is like those parts of Lord of the Rings where like Pippin and and fucking whatever, like Hobo or whatever, we're just off doing fuck knows what, unrelated to the story. They cut them out uh. of the movies; they weren't even important. But it was some of the unwatchable nonsense that is those films. But just, what the fuck? Like, you're not even participating in the main story at this point. So Shenandoah, ignoring your blasphemy, Shenandoah hits the Indian Ocean around Australia, and they find that they have a lot more financial success just becoming whalers and also murdering other whalers in the area. <laughs> okay, so you're, you're, you're less whalers and more just pirates that also kill whales yeah basically actually that's a pretty good way to put it so they were en route to whaling grounds on april 3rd or 4th when waddell burned four whalers in the caroline islands and after a three-week cruise to the ice and fog of sea okhotsk they yielded only a single prize due to a, a warning which had preceded him um waddell headed north past the aleutian islands and into the bering sea and the arctic ocean He's in fucking Russia now? He's going all no, over the fucking place. The, the route Aleutians, they take. Isn't that, up off of, isn't that up off of Alaska? It is. It is off of Alaska. They go all over the fucking globe like a rich man in a what hot the, air balloon. What the fuck kind of like Magellan bullshit John Marco Polo nonsense is this? They're moving in just a non-stop line and just kind of just murdering and robbing people on their way. It's just like a weird zigzag. It's, it's <laughs> not like, I just imagined like Indiana Jones where it's just like, it turns into the map and the red line and it's just like, it's just everywhere. I'm looking at a map of the course they took and that's the best way to describe it really. Just a drunk guy with an Etch-A-Sketch just going to town. And honestly, Robert E. Lee is probably at home like, what the fuck happened to the Shenandoah? I told him to disrupt the Union economy, and nobody's heard from them since then. So, I sent some this we weird boat out on the ocean to disrupt a, uh, a landlocked country's economy, and I'm a little confused as to why that's not working. <laughs> I heard whispers from the local fortune tellers that they were last seen entering the fog of war in, in the northern hemisphere. <laughs> This is exactly that. No, this is exactly that. This is civ <laughs> this is civilization, and you send that one boat off in the middle of this important war to go, like, scout for something, and then 30 turns later, they run into the edge of the map, and you're like, where the fuck did you guys go? You're in a fucking <laughs> rowboat. I've got, like, nuclear submarines at this point. Where did you go? And they're fighting barbarians with Gatling guns just living on oh, the North yeah, Pole. They're just out there, just out there by the, out there by the Aleutians just looking for whales. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah, uh, Waddell and in the Shenandoah become monster hunters, and they just go fighting weird cryptids in the northern hemisphere. Fighting, fighting that giant manatee that we saw a couple episodes ago. 
And that's, I described a large jump, you know, from Australia up to Alaska. They capture 11 more prizes on the way, kind of building themselves a fleet, kind of building themselves a, a skeleton crew, as it were. Now, the rich whaling grounds in the Bering Sea between Siberia and Alaska had been a safe haven for Yankee whalers for most of the American Civil War, and this prosperous whaling ended in the spring and summer of 1865, when the Shenandoah arrived and captured 20 of the 58 Yankee whalers working there. They were, like, just living in safety, and the Shenandoah comes and takes half of them. I just can't imagine... I'm sorry, Yankee whalers during the Civil War, like, we had... Had we even, like, gotten... Oregon and Alaska and all this shit in the fold yet even and By, if not no what not the really fuck were they, what connection do they have they're like a year away from anywhere help they're not Yankee. they're just dudes out in the middle of nowhere finding <laughs> whales it's not like they're getting that shit back to Linko Linko ain't getting any of this whale oil it's gonna take two years <laughs> it takes forever but they make it happen they make it happen Really, they put I, it on that transcontinental railroad that we haven't invented yet. And maybe they're not making it happen. Maybe whaling's just a way of life for them. They live and die by the whale, and it never really makes its way back to the Union. They're whale people. That's, that's what I'm saying. They're not Yankee whalers. They're just dudes who are whaling in that area. They have no connection to this war. This isn't they, their war. They have this ramshackle adapted U.S. flag that does have a whale kind of swimming oh, through the, the stripes. They're- we have an eagle, and they're, they're, we're represented by the eagle, and they're represented by the, hump, the humpback. Now, uh, these whalers were destroyed almost entirely uh, more than a month after CSA President Jefferson Davis was captured on May 19th, 1865. So, do, are these guys getting, like, updates, or is this going to be like that lost island where, like, they're just out there, like, two years after the Civil War ends, they just roll back up and, like... Atlanta, just like we did it, boys. We got all the whales. <laughs> don't don't we, worry. They they're getting they're getting ravens out. They're they're in touch. Don't worry. This is not going to be that. On June twenty seventh, eighteen sixty five, Waddell learned from a prize, the Susan and Abigail, that Robert E. Lee had surrendered to the Army of Northern Virginia three months ago. There it was. There it is. Exactly what it was. That's exactly there out there with their modified uh, Confederate whale pirate flag, just murdering for no apparent reason. Susan and Abigail's captain produced a San Francisco newspaper reporting the flight from Richmond of the Confederate government 10 weeks previously. However, the newspaper also contained President Davis's proclamation that the war would be carried on with renewed vigor. So Waddell was very confused and proceeded to capture 10 more whalers in the seven hours. What is he doing? Is he really captured at this point? He's like, give me your shit. They're like, well, okay, you're a fucking pirate whale ship. I don't know what to do here. I'm not prepared for Nothing in my whaling books prepared me for this. On August 3rd, 1865, Waddell learned of the war's definite end when Shenandoah encountered the Liverpool uh, Barracuda. Which was bound for San Francisco. Waddell was heading to the city to attack it, believing it weakly defended. <laughs> I'm surprised he just didn't anyway. Just show up and be like, it's ours! It's so the to Confederate be, whales! So to be clear, he's murdered a million whaler ships, and he's like, alright, I'm on to San Francisco. He's getting ready to roll in, just fucking take over rice aroni just, just knock this <laughs> shit out. Uh, he learned of the uh, surrender of Johnston's army on April 26th and Kirby Smith's army on May 26th, and most. Is a guy named Kirby? 
Yeah, we did have a Kirby. Why am I just imagining actual Kirby with like a little, little Confederate hat on and a bayonet? Because, listen. That's an image. Internet, make that image. happen for me. Internet, make this happen for me. <laughs> Captain Waddell finally knew that the war was over. And he proceeded to hunt 30 more whaling ships. No, I'm lying. I'm lying. because <laughs> what else is he? He has a career. I have a very, this is Liam Mason. I have a very particular set of skills. Those, those skills are exclusively, <laughs> exclusively hunting whaling ships. That's all I can do. I kill whales and I kill people to kill whales. That's all I know. Captain Waddell lowered the Confederate flag and the Shenandoah underwent physical alteration. They they chipped off all that black paint. <laughs> they paint it blue now? What are they talking about? Her guns were dismounted and stored below deck, and her hull was painted to look like an ordinary merchant vessel. Uh, it's just such an odd... Uh, wait, I thought the black paint was to make it look like a merchant vessel. Yeah, what it was. Fuck? <laughs> it was. God damn it. I think fuck? Waddell was just a fucking idiot. Uh, I mean, based on everything else we've said up to this point, absolutely. Absolutely. A, a fucking idiot who's really good at killing whaling ships. Regardless of Davis's proclamation and knowing the unreliability of newspapers at the time, uh, Waddell and his crew knew that returning to U.S. part would be facing a court sympathetic to the Union. Uh, basically, uh, he knew that he was going to get spanked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you lost this war. This is not going to end well for you. News of President Lincoln's assassination only served to further diminish any expectation for leniency. Uh, the crew predicted that surrendering to the federal, federal authorities would run the risk of being tried in a U.S. court and hanged as pirates, which they were. I mean, yeah, I, being hanged, at, like, I'm worried we'd be hanged as the thing we are. Like, I mean, you should be worried that's what you are, by definition. I'm really scared they're going to hold us accountable for all of the crimes we've actually committed. All the things we've actually done. Oh Commer my god, guys, what if? Commerce raiders were not included in the reconciliation and amnesty that Confederate soldiers were given. Nah. Honest, and they shouldn't be. These guys were not part of a war effort. These guys were just assholes that wanted to murder whales. That's all they were. <laughs> Perhaps, more importantly, Waddell would have been aware that the U.S. government no longer had to consider the threat of Confederate retaliation against Union prisoners while determining his crew's fate. Yes? Likely not known to Waddell was that Captain Raphael Sims of CSS Alabama had managed to escape charges of piracy by surrendering on May 1st, 1865 as an army general under Joseph E. Johnston. Sam's former sailors uh, surrendered as artillery men rather than as commerce raiders. Since all you gotta do is lie. Because one of them sounds like a slightly less shitty thing to me. Sure. Captain Waddell eventually decided to surrender his ship at the port of Liverpool, his home away from home. Uh, where Confederate Commander Bullock was stationed. So, wait, in Liverpool, so what, it, like the Nazis all went to Brazil and the Confederates all went to Liverpool? Yes, that is what happened. That, that actually jives. That explains that why it feels so much. Now, CSS Shenandoah sailed from uh, the west coast of Mexico via Cape Horn to Liverpool, a voyage of three months with over 9,000 nautical miles, all while being pursued by Union vessels. <laughs> it's yeah, like that. That's about right. It's like the Bronco chase. It's a very slow, anticlimactic chase. That, uh, she, yep, that sounds about right. She anchored at Mersey Bar at the mouth of the uh, estuary, awaiting a pilot to board. 
uh, to guide the ship up the river and into the enclosed docks. Not flying any flag, the pilot refused to take the ship into Liverpool unless they flew a flag. Thus, they raised the Confederate flag. Uh, therefore, making it, I mean, one of the last ships to raise a Confederate flag. I believe it's actually the last ship to raise a Confederate flag. And additionally, it was the last nah, Confederate no, flag. That's that is that is entirely inaccurate. If you that's, go to any beach in in Gulf Shores, Florida, Alabama, there are plenty of ships raising the Confederate flag every day. That's fair, actually. Uh, what's true is that the Shenandoah was the the last surrendering and folding of a Confederate flag, a legitimate that, Confederate flag. That makes that that would actually drive. And that's the story of an asshole who went on a whale-killing quest and didn't <laughs> realize that the war had been over for three months. Jesus. God. This has been the Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can catch us every single Wednesday, except for the ones that you can't. Uh, we're rounding out a year of podcasting, which is why you're going to see a lot of extra, extra apps coming out, celebrating our route back in the saddle Mostly because we have to get to 52 episodes as we round out the year, so we feel like we didn't miss any weeks when we actually did, but that's okay. <laughs> we did have to take a couple of weeks off. Uh, more on that on this next episode. Well, I feel like we owe it. We need. We have to tell. We have to show and tell oh. a bit. Yeah, let's show and tell a bit. I don't know what Spencer bitched out for. I uh, I fell down a flight of stairs at work and uh, and uh, did a little thing where it was... I think the doctor described it as fucked my back right up. Uh-huh. Um, so I was, I was very, very high on painkillers and muscle relaxers for a, for a solid week there. Now that um, itself is not a valid excuse to not do this podcast. If anything, it would enhance. I mean, I, mean, I physically couldn't get to the pod cave. People. There it, it is. a bit of an issue. There's the excuse. Uh, we want to thank Dripples Pony Club for allowing us to use their song, There Were Buffalo on the Ark, as our theme song. Comes off the album Cholera, Dripless Pony Club, catch him. Any streaming service, YouTube, whatever the fuck you want, do it. Whisper in the wind, and you shall get a cassette tape in your mailbox. <laughs> That's actually probably accurate now. Cassettes making a comeback. I saw a cassette. Target selling cassettes of uh, Britney Spears. Hit me one more time. Uh, some sort of weird nostalgia bomb. We failed. I don't understand. We oh, failed. We have, oh no, we failed a long time. It's ago. over. It's it's done. What Mo- Monopoly for millennials and Britney Spears on cassette. It's this over. This is the second podcast in less than. Four hours um, on different that has mentioned millennial monopoly, and I, I don't understand it. Speaking of which, uh, check out Mark's Madness. Nathan's hosting it. It's it's very yeah. informative. I would highly recommend you get in on it. Yeah, it's like this without any of the jokes uh, and, and more depressing facts. Now, Nathan, that's why I did say educational and not funny. Now, yes, yes, it is that, and it's in, it's in, it's under the education section in iTunes, which I'm sure is why no one sees it. But uh, but it's there. We're hanging out. We could lie and put you under comedy. We could we do could, that. We could, but that would be a that would be a distinct lie. That would be a distinct lie. If you're looking to fill that comedy void in your life, though, Cooperative Effort is rounding out the end of its first season. We're coming real close. We're in the last, you know, like two or three episodes. Uh, I'm when it's Mary. over, bonus content and shit. Season two is probably going to be on the way within the year. Check it out. I'm very proud of it. I've done a lot of hard work on it. It is a damn fine product. All right. Catch you next week. I'm not impressed.